Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast with your host, James Woodham, giving you the best tips on achieving the perfect renovation whilst making it as fun, safe, and as cost-effective as possible by hearing from experts in the industry and people that have been through the experience themselves. Let me introduce your host, three times award winner of leading renovation website, House, and over 15 years in the industry, renovating just over 200 properties, James Woodham. Okay, and welcome to this episode of the Property Renovation Podcast. Um, and today, on today's episode, I've got Danny from SafeSpark Limited. Uh, he's an electrician in Stockport. And I thought it would be a good idea. We haven't had an electrician on as yet. And um, I just wanted to ask him a few questions around being an electrician and electrics in general. So, Danny, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. So, um, just can we start off by saying, um, how did you become an electrician? And why did you choose that path? Um, well, electricity is just something that's it's always intrigued me, as well as other aspects of general engineering and construction was something different every day that's for certain um it's challenging it's always evolving with technology and mm. um, so yeah basically when i left school i served an advanced apprenticeship and just carried on <clears throat> gaining further qualifications such as your 2391 testing inspection and current british standards to the ie wiring regulations and things like that okay and uh, did you consider any other path before that was you going to do something else um, I didn't really know what to do really when I left okay. school. I wasn't um, didn't really have any any thoughts of what I wanted to do. I just knew that getting a trade for a start behind you is always something that everyone always tells you. You know, get a trade behind you. It's it's a good thing to have. And yeah, actually, right, it's probably worked out better for me that I did go down that route. Yeah, I think being um, choosing that that trade as a, as an electrician, I think, is a very good trade to be into. Um, but it's constantly evolving all the time, right? So there's new yeah. new regulations, more testing. So it must be quite difficult. You always have to keep on track doing refreshers and stuff. Yeah, well, there's actually currently a new new uh, guidelines, new regulations coming out. Um, it's we're currently working to the 17th edition mm-hmm. of BS 7671, and the 18th edition is coming out soon. So we will have to do a refresher course to keep up to the standards. Okay. All right. So, what's the most, what's the main importances around electrics, and um, that you find that people don't know as homeowners? Uh, well, most important observation, obviously, is that electricity can kill you. Mm-hmm. Its main dangers, I'd like to think, are generally understood by most people, but the extent of those dangers might be underestimated in some cases. I believe it's important as a homeowner to ensure the safety of your property by at least having a the standard safety checks done, such as having an in-date inspection report conducted or also known as the periodic inspection. Hmm. And do you find that people are, like when you go in to do inspections and stuff like that and you ask when was their last inspection, do you find you quite surprised about how long it's been left sometimes? Yes, most definitely. Um, most people never even have one, never even have an initial certificate. So hmm. some of the things we come across is... It's uh, quite scary, to say the least, on on general outcome of most of the report, reports we do. Right. And what happens in that situation? So if you have to do a report, and like, what 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 can go either way with a test like that? Um, well, the worst case, if we find something that's dangerous, um, it's 
it's marked as a code one. And really, as soon as we find anything like that, we'd approach the homeowner and say that, you know, we really need to get this sorted out because it's in a dangerous condition. Right. Um, but then best case is you go along, it's everything's nice and nice and neat, all tests out okay, and they just get a nice satisfactory result. Okay. And can you give me an example of a code one? A code one would be an exposed live part. So, okay. for example, you your light fitting's been wired incorrectly and it's and it's live. Uh-huh. Okay, that would be anything that's dangerous. So, if someone was to like change a plug on a, on a wire, and um, they would put that, you know, they would cut back the wires. It would still expose um, a bit of the metal, like just a little bit of the wire. Um, and that was plugged in. Would that be marked down as a code one then? Yeah. Um, if it was just the single insulation, I'd mark it down as a code two. But okay. if it was actually bare copper, and you know, if you can yeah. actually touch yeah. touch the live part, then that'd be a code one. Okay. But that's actually falling under pat testing rather than the installation. But obviously, you'd still pick it up nonetheless. Right. Okay. Okay. So tell us one of the worst things you found around electricity. Uh, I've literally come across thousands, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as you can imagine, um, but anything anything that involves thermal or fire damage always sticks out more right. than the others. Um, exposed life parts, like we just mentioned, are mm. quite nasty to find, especially if you want to receive an end of an electric shock. Yeah. That's always the worst way to find one as well. Okay, so... Um, I would say I'm just imagining something that like a cluster of wires and maybe Christmas lights and stuff like that. Yeah, there's again, it's it falls really falls on the pat testing that side of things, right? Okay, um, so I wouldn't usually come across things like that mm-hmm. apart from at Christmas time, obviously, with yeah, 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 testing a house, yeah. Um, some bad ones would be as an example a 40 amp shower electric shower being supplied off a lighting circuit and things like that that you know in the most part you'd just if you'd like to think they're funny but you just laugh in disbelief because it's just crazy what some people will do with electrics yeah yeah i I mean I've, i've been around the construction for a while um and you know like you've got the electric underfloor heating um yes and when that's been installed I've seen that come off, um, just been branched off of a plug socket, uh, you know, like bridged from a plug socket. Um, but when really that actually should be coming from the consumer board, right? Um, it depends on the loading of the underfloor heating. Okay. Um, either way, regardless, it should be on a few spur, so okay. use it down to 13 amps. Mm-hmm. So they may use underfloor heating via that way. Um, but anything larger, then, yeah, you could come back to the distribution board and have its own dedicated circuit. And how about something like um, ovens these days? Because I, I know there was a regulation that you, it has to be a six-millimeter cable and those kind of things. What, what, what would be the minimum size? Um, again, some, a lot of ovens nowadays actually come with a plug top. Okay. So you can actually plug them in. Um, Hobbs generally on a six mil cable mm-hmm. it depends it depends on the demand of of the appliance so okay. if it's if it's a 40 amp hob then you'd expect a, a six mil cable running from from the hob directly to the distribution board okay 
All right. Um, so if you found someone that was uh, viewing a potential home buy, uh, you know, they, they, was, they wanted to go and see the property and check it all out. Is there anything that you think you could say to make sure that, like, to, to, that the wiring is up to date? Is there anything that would be pointed out? Um, well, I'd request an electrical installation condition report, which they'll, they'll probably have anyway. If they're selling the home, they've probably had one conducted because, you know, multiple people are probably requesting it anyway. All right. Um, but if if you do have it, just make sure you read it because it might highlight some key points such as the estimated age of the wiring, mm-hmm. its general condition, signs of deterioration may be noted. Um, don't just assume that, you know, if you've got a nice new distribution board or fuse box and some nice shiny sockets, etc. that don't assume the wiring's also been upgraded. Okay. Um, not the old wiring's on a factory, but <clears throat> if you're under the impression you're buying a new car, you'd also expect to have a new engine to go with it. So just always check your circuits. Yeah. If possible, get your own electrician out. Um, he can conduct an inspection on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, depending on the age as well, it might actually come with the initial certificate. So say you're looking at a house that's only five years old, there's mm. no reason why they shouldn't have the initial certificate right. from the installation. So things like that are always good signs that it's been looked after and the maintenance has been kept up to date. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, tell us a funny story that's happened to you whilst you've been at work. Uh <laughs> I think it's too many. Every, every day is a funny day. Um, one that springs to mind is early stage of my career. I was asked to go and help the lads out on another job. So mm. I packed up my packed up my tools, trotted off a few miles away. Uh, we get there, say hello to the lads and start unpacking. And next minute, the, the tenant is literally starts yelping at the top of her voice, screaming. It made me jump out my skin because I just didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Looked down at my toolbox and there's only a flaming snake coming out of my toolbox. <laughs> An actual real life snake. Oh, I literally wow. I was I was in front of a lady out the door before she was by the time I realised what was going on. <laughs> it was uh, the last part it was hilarious, but it took me a few days to see the other side. Oh my god. <laughs> so I'm I'm guessing that this was someone's pet, right? Yeah, well the yeah previous house I was at failed to tell us that they had a little friend that had been missing for a few days so uh, at least we got to get him back my god my god crazy um okay so what electrics can a homeowner do that doesn't require a certificate uh, well a homeowner is obviously solely responsible for any works conducted by themselves in their own home but competency you know, competency is paramount. Mm-hmm. As far as certificates go, there's two variations of certificates that are used when electrical work's been conducted. One being an EIC, which is an electrical installation certificate, which we briefly discussed before. Yeah. And these are required for work such as a new circuit supplied from the distribution board or even a replacement of the distribution board itself. And mm-hmm. um, there's another certificate called a minor works. Okay. Um, as its name suggests, it's used for minor, minor electrical works, such mm. as an alteration to a circuit. An example would be moving a light. Say you've got a centre pendant and you're moving it over to the other side of a room. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you're going to have to extend the cable. 
that would require a minor work certificate. Um, <clears throat> but not always used. You don't need one for replacing accessories. So if you're changing sockets on a light-for-light -light basis or light fittings, you don't require a minor work certificate, but some people might okay. might provide one anyway, depending on what the view is. Right. So, so if, some, if someone had um, a pendant light, a single pendant light in a room, and they wanted to change that for some spotlights, is that something that a homeowner can do? Well, you would have to issue a, a minor work that works kind of works that's conducted. Okay. Um, by making alterations to the, the hardwiring of the installation. And how does the, like, if we've got a listener that's quite a competent person, um, knows their way, their way around electrics and they do do the installation, um, is it possible to just call out an electrician to just come and double check and sign it off? Or um, it depends. There is something called third party certification. Okay. Um, that would probably more be generally used for when the council have to be informed of any electrical works that are done. Okay. Um, but yeah, an electrician could come out and double check over what you've done. Mm -hmm. it, I'd advise them calling them first before they do the work. Right. Because ideally you'd want to see it first and second fix, meaning you want to see the condition of the installation first, come and check on when the cables are running and then obviously okay. maybe another visit to then do a test and okay. go about it that way. So let's say um, a building company does electrics on the house and um, I don't know, it comes to the end, maybe there's some other mix-up, um, they've not done a great job um, as, as the whole uh, project. Um, and then the client gets into a bit of kerfuffle with them and saying, well, I, can't, I don't want to pay you all the money. You've not done a really good job, blah, blah, blah. Um, can, is, is the building company, do you think, they're entitled to hold back an electrical certificate? Um, no. Right. Okay. They do have to issue a certificate for any electrical work con conducted. Okay. Um, if someone is in that situation, you can always find out the scheme provider. Okay. So, say if you're with the NIC like myself, mm -hmm. you can phone up and it's likely they'll either have a copy or be able to get you a copy of the certificate. Um, right. Okay. Okay. Um, could you explain the zones around safe electrics? Because you always see them when people buy stuff and, you know, they go into a shop, DIY shop, um, they might pick off some lights. It always has, like, a zone on them, right? Yes. Yeah. In generally, usually for, for bathroom zones. Yeah. Um, and they're used to dictate what ingress protection an electrical item of equipment should meet. So, um, say you've got a zone zero, that would be inside the bath or the basin. Okay. Um, a zone one would be designed so it can be installed directly above the bath, up to 2.25 metres vertically. Okay. And a zone two would be adjacent to the bath, again, up to 2.25 metres vertically and 600 mil, 600 millimetres horizontally from zone one. Okay. Um, so obviously it is important if you're putting lights up in your bathroom or other accessories that we do meet these requirements because we're specially designed for that area. Right, okay. Um, and and uh, again, around a shower, it's the same dimensions, I guess. Yeah, same again. Okay. Um, so the shower tray would be classed as zone zero. Um, above the shower tray, up to 2.25 metres, again, zone one, and adjacent would be zone two. Okay, 
All right. And that, that applies for all electrical items, equipment, whether it's a fan, a spotlight, or um, uh-huh. a vanity unit, things like that. Okay. So is there anything that you could tell us uh, that you think our listeners would benefit from? Just that if you've ever had any doubt regarding anything electrical, just always seek a qualified electrician. Mm-hmm. And you see it on the literature all the time, and it's <clears throat> the best advice you can get, really, because it's definitely not something to be messed about with. Mm. But at the same time, enjoy the electrical side of the renovation. As you know yourself, there's some great ways to turn rooms into something that packs a little bit of an extra punch. Yeah. Um, you know, from visible features to the actual fittings themselves. There's just some loads of great ideas out there that's worth looking into. Don't just go for your usual pendant in the middle of a room if you if you've got the the chance to do it. Go for mm. other things. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's your opinion on these um, controlled devices at home now, like a Google Home or Alexa or something like that, where you've got all the plug sockets everywhere? And yeah, um, it's smart. It's really smart. My missus actually got me one for Christmas. Yeah. Um, I've not got round to sorting out the switches and all the other palaver that goes with it yet, but we mm. have seen we have seen them in use, and it's definitely the future. I yeah. think it's. I don't really like the idea of shouting at my lights to turn on, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm guessing at some point it'll be a lot easier to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go completely off the cuff here. I've just remembered another question I wanted to ask you. Um, have you been on a job where, um, I don't know, maybe something's gone wrong, they've hired a building company, they've hired an, an electrician who thought was a good electrician, and then they've called you in to have some work corrected, um, yes. Has there ever been a time where you've you've just gone? I cannot believe that they've done this. And yes. what was it? And what was it? <laughs> Unfortunately, there's there's more than a dozen that yeah. I can pick out my head. Um, one of the worst ones was we had an extension done, and I was actually called off my mate who's a who's a bricklayer, mm. and he'd been called out because part of the gable end had started to fall away at the top. Right. Um, which. He was saying how bad it was. Obviously, I'm not a brick bricklayer, so I don't know. But I turned up, and we we ended up having to take all the plaster off the walls, and the cables that we'd used were weren't even clipped up. We'd used screws to rest rest the cables on. Okay. And um, we'd used the wrong size cable for sockets. The cooker was spurred off a spur, and it's just things like that. It's so mm-hmm. annoying because it's we'd paid top top money for this work as well. Yeah. And it's just so annoying. And um, we ended up having to rip the lot out and start again, unfortunately, for the client. But it is a shame. If anyone is ever in doubt, like there could be a listener right now that's got like a, a live project on. If they're in doubt about their electrician or, you know, they don't think that something's quite right, what would you give them? What advice would you give them to do? Phone, phone an electrician up. Someone Most else, of us yeah. would be more than happy to see someone in a safe environment. Mm. You know, it's they might charge you for coming out to have a look, but if it's for peace of mind, it's it's a no brainer, really. Just yeah, it's definitely worth it. Get another electrician out, it's always good to have a second opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, okay, Danny. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been a great uh ch- chatting with you, and um, uh, I know that you're just about to travel again, so um, a safe trip. And um, yeah, speak to you soon. 
Brilliant, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No problem. Just before you go, we wanted to let you know that the Akiva Toolkit has now launched. What's that, you might say? Well, it's 10 documents that you can go and download for a very small fee, and then it will enable you to bring your project in on time and on budget. We've put these together to make sure it's as simple as it can be, and in return, you will feel supercharged, super confident in managing your project, your self-build, your renovation, anything yourself. They've all been put together by people that have been in the industry for many, many years. And as soon as you download it, you're then in the basket for any updates, any new documents that are issued throughout the time. We will be reviewing it over time and time to get it better and better and better. We would only be able to do that by hearing from yourself. So please leave us any feedback. If you think it's for you or you think this could benefit someone else that you might know, then please share it. You can go to akivatoolkit.com to find out more information. Thank you very much.